Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Praise the Lord. God bless you guys. It's awesome having you here tonight. And I'm glad you guys made it. Um, I was, uh, I left here pumped last weekend when I shared the message on God's promises um, because uh, I started reading all these promises the next day at my office and I was, I just, I was just on fire again. Um, and, and it's, it's, there's so much power, there's so much life uh, coming through his word and, that it'll fill you, it'll change your life, it'll change everything about it. And uh, it changed my day. It changed my week. It's going to change the way I live my life. It'll change your life. And um, every time you guys come here to church, expect to hear God's promises. But take them home, receive them, and expect God to do a change in your life. Believe those promises he has for you. Um, I want to get straight into the word. And um, I want you guys to go ahead and let's close our eyes. Let's give them our heart. Let's give them our thoughts. Let's give them our everything. Father, we thank you, God, for all you've done, Lord. Father, we pray for your word tonight that it may be a refreshing to us, Lord, that it may give us strength, that it may give us a hope. Father, uh, we thank you for all you've done, Lord, so far in our lives. And we know we are expecting great and mighty things tonight from your word. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Jesus says in his word, um, in the chapter I'm going to read tonight, and if you were to sum it up, that the things you're most devoted to are the things that will determine what you worry about. The things that you are most devoted to are the things that will determine what you most worry about. And that's a fact. And I'm going to put it another way. Well, the things that you worry about the most usually have to do with the things you're most devoted to. And, and I labeled the message today, Why Worry? Not because I tell you why worry, because there are times I worry myself, but because Jesus tells you not to worry. We're going to read about that tonight, but I know many of us worry about so many things. And as I was seeking the word this week and I was reading his promises, there were things that I even myself began to worry about life about how am I going to overcome this? Or how am I going to make ends meet for this? But when I started to read God's promises, and I started to read his scriptures, it started to change my life, and I started to say, I have to believe his word. It's real. It's true. And I went to Matthew 6, which we can all turn there, and, and we know it all talks about do not worry. There's a big section in there talks Jesus talks about not to worry. Chapter 6, 
Let's start in verse 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, money in the Greek is mammon. It just means stuff. You can't serve stuff. You can't serve God. You can only be devoted to one thing. And the problem is here is that we probably need tonight a change of, de- of devotion, a change of direction of our devotion. You see, I can stand here tonight, even as youth pastor of maybe some of your kids, and I can tell you that, I, I'll be honest with you, I really don't worry about your kids' grades. It's true. I really don't worry about it because I'm not devoted to it. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't care about it. I care about it. I have them come up to me, and they tell me their issues, and they tell me, can you pray with me? I pray about it. I'm concerned about it. I'm con- I'm, I have compassion for them. But I don't really go home and just really, really, really worry about these things. I don't worry about your job. I don't get stressed about it. It's the truth. Because I'm not devoted to it. I'm concerned about it. I care about it. I'll pray with you. I'll follow up with you. But the truth is it has to do with your devotion. And, it, and, I, and I think you guys will get the picture tonight that it really is a parallel thing. Where devotion, your level of devotion, how big that is, how great your devotion is, is how big your worry is going to be. And here in this scripture, he's saying you can't serve two masters. You can't be devoted to one and the other. Let's keep reading. Verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, Jesus says, do not worry about your life. And you say, hold on, God. Now, this is getting serious here. Because you're telling me not to worry about my life. I mean, what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to wear. I know that in these days, see, Jesus was talking to his culture here. They had a problem with Yes, being worried about what they were going to eat, what they were going to wear, what they were going to drink. But I want you right where you're at, put, fill in the blank. If Jesus were speaking here, he'd say something like, "What? don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your, will you make enough money for your retirement? Will I pay, be able to pay the tuition? Will I be able to send my kids to the college that I want to send them? I'm worried about that. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about filling the blank. Jesus is telling you, do not worry about these things. He's not saying they're not important. They are. They're very important. 
Most of them are needs, necessities in your life. But he's saying, don't worry about it. You say, Jesus, it ain't easy. I say, don't worry if you have to wait the rest of your life to find a spouse. You say, Kenny, that's easy for you to say because you're married. I'm just telling you what the word says. Do not worry about these necessities in your life, the things that you need, things you want. You keep reading right there in that same verse. It says, is not life, Jesus is telling you, is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? Isn't life more important than your retirement? Isn't life more important than, yes, your kids' grades? It's important, isn't it? But is it more important than life? Is even your health more important than life itself? Thank God you're alive. Is life more important than how much you have in your bank account? Is life more important than you losing your house? Or should you be more concerned about that? Should you be worried? Maybe it's something that's not letting you sleep at night. And this thing of worrying... This thing of being so concerned can affect your tomorrow, can affect your today. There's enough problems we deal with on a today basis. We're worrying so much about tomorrow. And it's going to steal the strength that you have for tomorrow, for today. Your uncertainty about tomorrow is stealing your strength for today. Let's say that again. Your uncertainty, like what's going to happen tomorrow, we're worried about that, is stealing the strength that you have for today. You need that strength for today. Don't let your tomorrow steal that strength, that joy. The Word says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Don't let your worry for tomorrow steal that joy because it will. Don't play with this. If you live your life worrying about this, worrying about that. Tonight is a time to change the direction of your devotion. Let's put that verse back on the screen. So isn't this more important? Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? You say, yes, Jesus, this is hard. It's not, it's not easy. Jesus says, look, look let, me, let, me, let me tell you how to do this. Let me put this in another perspective. Let's put verse 26 on the screen. He says, look at the birds of the air. And you're like, are you serious? Look at the birds of the air? Could you give me any other analogy? He's saying, no, look at the birds of the air. They're not worried about their retirement. They're not worried about how much they have in their account. They're not worried about what they're going to wear. They're not worried about anything. They live so free. They build their nests up real high. 
They throw their little chicks and say, good luck, fly. No worry. And yet, aren't they taken care of? Look at the birds of the air. They just fly around and they all say, hey, let's uh, go south. All right, let's all go. And they all go south. They don't even know where they're going. They're alive, aren't they? They're happy. They're enjoying it. They're flying down low. They see a little string. They say, oh, look, let's grab that little string. Let's make a little birdhouse. Didn't we do one of these last year? Yeah, let's do another one. No worries. Look at the birds of the air, Jesus tells you. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. See, it's not, it's not a bad thing to sow and reap. It's not a, a bad thing to store away in barns for your tomorrow as being a good steward. But Jesus is telling you, taking it a step further and telling you, look at the birds. They don't even sow or reap. They don't store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father still takes care of them. And you're complaining that you have, even though you've got the food, even though you've got the clothes, you are still complaining. You're still worrying about what you don't have. We can learn a lot about birds. Look, about, look at the birds of the air. But Jesus tells you something so amazing here. He says, are you not much more valuable than a bird? Aren't you much, much, much more valuable than a bird? He tells you, you want to know something? You want to know how valuable you are to me? That I'm going to, I think I'm going to send a, a savior down there for them. You see, God made you in his image. And God sent his only begotten son for you in the form of a human being. Not in the form of a bird. Not in the form of a flower, a lily. But in the form of a human being. When he created everything, the most amazing creations, he said, man, I want to make man. Let's make man in our image. I want to put my thumbprint on that. He loves you. He cares about you. We're going to go back to this, but let's go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. He knows you. He knows what you need. He knows what you want. You know when I sit down, when I rise. Verse 2. You perceive my thoughts from afar. 
You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. God is watching you. And he knows everything about you. He's familiar with how you think. He's crazy about you. Verse 4. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. Even before I say what I'm going to say, you already know it. That's how much you know about me. Verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. God is crazy about you. He tells you in verse 13, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. He created you. He's telling you he did. You didn't come from some explosion. You came from the very breath and hand of God. Because he loves you. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You made me perfect, God. You made me in your image. I praise you for that. Verse 16, watch this. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Before you were formed, he saw it. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This one blows my way, blows my mind. How precious to me, verse 17, are your thoughts, O God. How precious are your thoughts, for me how vast is the sum of them all the thoughts that God has for you all the thoughts that God has for you verse 18 if you were to start to count them it says if you were to start to count the thoughts that God has for you yes you if you were to start to count them they would outnumber there will be more than the grains of sand. If you go to the beach and you count every single pebble of sand out there, well, God's thoughts for you is greater than that. He'll outnumber that. That's how crazy God is for you. I don't know if that doesn't excite you, but it so excites me. It tells me I have a heavenly father that loves me so much. And you're going to start to love God because he first loved you. If you never understand God's love, if you never understand, really, really grasp God's love for you, say, yeah, he died on a cross for me. I know that. I've read about it. I've watched movies on it. But if you really don't understand, have never grasped God's love for you, if you're not crazy for God, if you don't have this burning passion for the Lord, start, start to read what he thinks about you. It'll blow your mind away. Just today I was cleaning up my car and I find these little cards and I found so many papers and I, and I was like, another one, another one, another one. And it said, I love you, daddy. Love Ashley. I love you, daddy. Love Ashley. And I found another card and I found another card and I'm like, how many of these did she write to me? I, she's madly in love with me. 
And it means so much more when she writes it down. You think I threw away those papers? Man, I'm keeping those in a little box forever because when she grows up, I'm going to show it to her. You loved me so much. Look at this. She probably won't remember, but she's just going crazy. She's always drawing hearts. I love you, Dad, drawing little pictures of me and her. And it's just nonstop. The boys are different. But she's just, it, it melts me. When you write something down that you love somebody, it really it, it means more than when they tell you that. You tell your wife, I love you, but when you write down a little note for her and you took the time to do it, it means a lot more, doesn't it? Ladies? Well, I'm going to tell you God's the same way when he writes all these things about you, that he cares about you. The fact that he's, he knows so much about you that his thoughts are outnumbered the grains. Of, that blows me away. I'm in love. I'm in love. So going back to what I was saying, and I only brought you over here just to show you how much God loves you. And this is just, I mean, this, this is just a piece of this love letter. Read the rest of it. I mean, this is amazing. I'm not just talking about Psalm 139. Read the book, the whole book. This is one big, long love letter to you, to his creation, to the one that he takes care of greater than a bird. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Stop worrying about it all. Let's go back to Matthew 6. And let's go back to that verse that we were at, verse 25. And again, I want to say this again. It says there, is not life more important than whatever you want to put there? Whether it's something financial, yes, because I know America's greatest worry is probably money. But you know what's sad? Is that Christians... Most Christians, a lot of Christians, worry just like the same as non-Christians. We worry about the same exact things. We have the same worries. We have the same mortgage problem. We have the same thing where we're not finding a job. And a lot of it has to do with money sometimes, doesn't it? But you can't, you got to choose who you're going to serve. You got to choose where your devotion is going to go to. Is your devotion going to go to this stuff called mammon? All this stuff that you're worrying about? Or are you going to serve God? Is your devotion, your 100% devotion going to be to him? And you say, that's something I know. But, that, but you're right. It's something that I, 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 I constantly worry about. I constantly worry And if you were to put that verse back up, if you were to read that and it says there, is not life more important than food? What you're saying there is, if it is, you're saying that life is, it equals retirement. You're saying that life equals whatever it is. Fill in the blank. And people live to work rather than work to live. It becomes their life because they're worried about it. Because they're not trusting in a God that will provide. So why is this happening? Why is this worry consuming us? How can we overcome it? 
I'm going to tell you it has to do with, it's a faith problem. It comes down to a faith problem. I believe in God. I believe in his, his son Jesus. I believe in the cross. I believe in the power of the resurrection. I believe in the word. You can say whatever you want, but really how you live, how the way you are worrying about life, it scares me. It scares God. Because it's a faith problem. There's a lack of trust in God. He's telling you, don't worry, yet we continue to worry. And it's in our nature, it's normal that we worry. Let's go to verse 27. Who of you, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Okay, let's, let's just put this all aside, this do not worry stuff, just for a second. And let's put this whole thing about serving two masters, put that aside a second, Jesus telling you here. Which one of you by worrying is going to add an hour to your life? I mean, it's, it's just not worth it. What do you gain by worrying about something? What is it that you accomplish? Does it give you... I don't know, a, a good feeling about something? No, it's, it, it's killing your strength for that day. What are you gaining about worrying about your tomorrow? So quit it. Stop it. It's not worth it. Is, it. is it adding a single hour to your life? Is it helping you out by you worrying? No. See, when God wants to teach you something, he'll put a question at you. He wants you to answer that. Figure it out. You answer it. Confess it. Who of you, who of you in this room, by worrying all the time, is going to make them, it's going to give them a better day? It's just going to give them an hour to your life, to your day. Or is it going to steal your day? Is it going to steal your joy? Are you going to have the most stressful day? Yes, you will. Let's go to verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is, and it says there right at the end, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? I'm not telling you you have a faith problem. Jesus is telling you you have a faith problem. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what Jesus is saying. He's telling you are of little faith because you worry. Yes. And you worry because you're devoted to something that you're worrying about. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be concerned about it. It doesn't mean that it isn't important. It is important to God. He's just a jealous God. And he wants you to put your 100% devotion to him. Verse 31. So... Jesus is saying, look, so do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? He's telling you this again. So don't worry. You, I mean, I just, I just gave you a lesson, he's telling you. 
So at the end of my lesson, you, I hope you understand it. It's pretty simple. So don't worry. You know I love you. You know I'm crazy for you. Verse 32. Look at this. For the pagans. You know who the pagans are? The unbelievers. In other words, an atheist. Run after all these things. Jesus is telling you today that you're acting like an atheist. Straight out. Again, don't get mad at me. For the pagans, the unbelievers run after these kind of things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. See, that's the difference right there. Right there, that verse, that second part of that verse makes the whole difference between you in this place and a pagan, an unbeliever. Right there, just, just that one little section of that verse makes the world of a difference between you and the unbeliever. Otherwise, you're just like them. Let me explain. You're just the fact that you know your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. It gives you this comfort level. It gives you this certainty that everything's going to be all right. That my tomorrow is taken care of. Just the fact that my God knows. If tonight you, you went home and you're all worried and, and an angel appeared to you in your closet, in your bed, and says, hey, he knows. That's it. That's all he says. He knows. And, and the angel leaves. That will change your life. Just the fact that he knows that you need what you need. He's telling you he loves you. And he's telling you, I know that you need it. See, people out there, the unbelievers, they don't know it. They don't know that there's a God that knows, that takes care of his people. Otherwise, if you don't grab that concept, the fact that you know that your God is taking care of you, and that you don't worry because you know that he's going to take care of you, then you're just like one of them, just like them. You're acting like an atheist. Verse 33. We've heard this a thousand times. But if we're worrying, we're not believing it once. I'm going to say it again. We've heard this a thousand times, but hearing is good. Doing it is another. And it says, seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. When Jesus said to pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come in my life. Your kingdom, your reign, your rules, your authority come in my life. Here is the answer to all your worries. 100% of them. First, know that your God knows you that you need what you need. Number two, seek first his kingdom. What's his kingdom? What is his kingdom? It's his reign. It's his authority. 
in your life. Not my will, Lord, but your will. It's telling God that it's not no longer my way. It's not what I want. It's what you want for my life. It's what you want for my situation. Yes, Lord, I have a prodigal son. I have a prodigal daughter that I just can't sleep at night. I'm worrying about her, but I'm going to put it in your hands, Lord. I'm going to trust in you because you know I need them. You know it's important, God. You know it means the world to me, but I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to seek first your kingdom. I'm going to first seek your righteousness. You know what that means? To do what's right. You need to live your life to do what's right. What's right? Well, just it's simple. Just, just grab this book and do what it says. Meditate in his word day and night. Live it out. Follow it. Obey it. That's right. That's what I said. Obey it. My kids don't like when I say that word. When, they, when you obey God's word, when you are seeking his righteousness first and foremost, it says all these things will be given to you as well. All the things that you need in your life. It's according to your will, God. It's not according to what I want anymore. See, the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. The Bible says if you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. But you need to delight yourself in him. You need to make sure that your devotion is to God first and all to him. Not some. You can't serve two masters. It's either one or the other. Tonight, if you want to change your worry, you want to change your sorrow, your mourning, and turn it into dancing, you want God to take control of that, I'm going to tell you it's as easy as changing your devotion so that you don't worry about tomorrow. If you've got all this stuff that you, you, you think you need right now, and you might need it, just as much as you need a job, you might need a job. And needing something and working hard at it is one thing. Worrying about it is another. Don't worry about it. And I'm not telling you to just not worry about it like I'm not going uh, I'm I'm to stay at home and just God's going to bring me a job. No, no, he wants you to work hard. He wants you to be a good steward of what he's given you so far. He wants you to study hard. He wants you to raise up a godly home, train a child in the way of the Lord so that when they grow up, they don't leave the Lord. He wants you to sow so that you can reap. He wants you to store away in your barns. He's just telling you, don't worry about what you don't have yet. It's my promise. It's in his word. I'm going to tell you, it's amazing that we talked about God's promises last week. And there were so many promises. And maybe there was a promise for you last week that you heard. But I'm going to tell you, today, all we went over was one promise. How you can just grab one promise of God. Just one promise of God, and it can change the rest of your life. That's how powerful this book is.
That's why I said last week, that's why this book sells so much. I think the best-selling books sell about 4,000 a month. I don't know what it is. I think it's 40,000 a month. It's a lot. Well, the Word of God sells about 40,000 a day. And it's the best-selling book month after month. You think it's Christians that are buying that? No. The world is, is, is hungry for answers. The world is looking for answers in life, and they've already read all the fictional books. They've already read all these stories, and they're just not finding the answers. It's not filling them up. But the Word is life. Jesus is the Word. This is Jesus right here. And he's come to give you life and life in abundance. Not a little bit, but a lot of life. Believe his word. Believe his promises for your life. That's why this book sells so much. Because it's alive. It's not a dead book. It's filled with promises that aren't dead, that aren't fake. It's filled with true promises. Real promises. There's people in the world grabbing this and they're applying, just, just applying biblical principles to their marriage and their marriage just starts to work like whoa what's going on here and all i did was like follow what this is telling me this is like re let's keep reading who, who's this jesus i read about i need a savior i need jesus in my marriage because I, all i did was take a little dose of this and it's it's changing my life this is alive that's why this book sells a lot no no other reason it's not a dead book it's not a contradicting book. It'll contradict with your will, yes. But it's not about what you want. That's why he says, let your kingdom come. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, his word first. And then he's going to take care of all that. Believe him. He's doing that for the birds today. With no retirement plan, with nothing. And yet, God is taking care of them. He's feeding them. He's giving them shelter. Let's stand tonight. It's not your agenda anymore. Change your agenda. You may have a great plan for the rest of your life. You might have it all figured out, all planned out. Well, I'm going to tell you, tonight, You've got to give up your agenda and say, God, it's not my agenda. It's not my plan. It's what you want for my life. People worry about the government. The president. Who's the next president going to be? I'm really concerned because we are in an economic crisis and we really need some help. And what I'm worried about this. Don't worry about it. You just pray for our country. Pray for whoever God ordains as president for this country. People worry about who they will marry. And if they're married, how long will it last? People worry about that. Man, I'm already by my third year. Is this going to keep going? I'm worried. People worry about what they think about themselves all the time. You're so worried that you spend your morning looking at yourself longer than anything else in the whole day. And if you had a mirror all day, you'd be staring at yourself all day because it's all about me, myself, and I, isn't it? Some of you walk into church and the first thing you do is look in that mirror. 
I know it. When you go to the bathroom, first thing you do is look at the mirror. Sometimes we worry too much about ourselves. And we're worried about what other people will think when they look at us. What's your devotion about? What's your, what are you devoting your life to? What are you surrendering your will? What are you, what's your agenda based out of? You see, our plan, it just becomes one big mess. We make a big mess of our own life. We really do when it's in our hands. We don't ask. We're supposed to be where the potter grabs the claim. We don't ask what the potter's doing. God, just, just mold me. Just make of me what you want to make of me in my life. I don't understand it, but you're, you're right now digging your fingers into my life. And I'm worrying about it, but I'm not even supposed to question that. I'm supposed to trust in the one I'm devoted to. Just the fact that you know what I need. I know you're crazy about me. That's enough for me. The fact that I know you're crazy about me and you know that I need and you know what I need and you know and I know that you take care of birds. Man, I'm so much more valuable than those birds out there. That's enough. I mean, that's enough to change my priorities, to change my way of thinking. I'm going to tell you, this isn't for the Christian that just came to the Lord. This is for the Christian that's been serving Him for 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. If we need to change our priorities after 30 years of knowing the Lord, change your priorities right now. Change your devotion to be God and God alone. Why worry? Why? When we have a God that tells you not to. When we have a God that tells you, I'll take care of you. Believe me. Believe in my promise. Tonight, we're going to spend a few minutes just worshiping the Lord. If you want some prayer, you can come for prayer. If you have some type of, of, of worry in your life, if you need a change of devotion because God is in first place in your life and you want to be humble before God and, and you want to lay down at His feet, I'm going to tell you that's the first step. We'll pray for you. But the important thing isn't just coming to the Lord. That's step one. But it's your prioritizing of your agenda. Is your devotion to God going to be greater than all these things that you've been worrying about? Whatever it is, you filled in the blank. Is really God going to be more on your mind when you wake up in the morning? Or are you still going to wake up in the morning thinking about all these things and worrying about am I going to make enough money today? Is that the first thing you think about when you wake up? Or is the first thing you think about is my God is crazy for me. I'm so crazy in love for Him. I will seek you, Lord, in the morning. I will meditate in your word day and night like Psalm 1 says. You say, I'm going to be blessed because of that. I believe it. I believe you're going to take care of me. I believe you're going to bless me. If you want prayer tonight, the altar is open. If you just want to spend time in devotion to the Lord, do it right there. And receive Christ. God bless you. Let's praise him.
jealous.